is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Welcome to another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And if you haven't yet, be sure to check out last week's episode where I listed mine and your top five childhood cartoons. January, as I mentioned last week, it flew by so fast that next thing I knew it was time to do the monthly top five list. And I'm sure that'll be the same uh, for this month. But we're not going to waste any time because uh, if you paid attention to social media, um, this episode is coming out a little bit later than normal. I normally release episodes on Monday mornings, but if you're listening to this when it comes out, it is Monday evening. And that is because I had a very special conversation about the making of the feature film Savage, uh, written and directed by Javen Garza, uh, produced and starring Don Hamill, as well as Steve Marlowe. Uh, the three of them came on the show to talk about what led to the creation of the film, how they got involved, the process behind making it, and of course the premiere, which is going to be really special because it's at one of the most iconic places in Pensacola, the Sanger Theater, one week from today, February 13th. And we'll be talking about all the ticket information and where you can find tickets for the premiere. They're still on sale, as well as a special discount code. Uh, if you haven't bought your tickets yet, but you'll have to listen to the conversation to find out. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Javen, Don, and Steve. Welcome back to another episode of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. And this week, we're going to be taking a look behind the scenes of the film Savage, which will actually be premiering if you're watching or listening to this the day it comes out one week from today, February 13th at the Sanger Theater in downtown Pensacola. And I'm here with a few of the main players uh, from the making of the film. And we're going to talk about what led to the film's creation, uh, the process of making it, and of course, the premiere next week. Uh, joining me is uh, the writer and director, Mr. Javen Garza. Javen, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Glad to have you here. Also joining us is a returning guest, uh, Miss Dawn Hamill. Dawn, how are you? Hey, I'm well. And finally, we have Mr. Steve Marlowe. Steve, how are you? I'm good, sir. Woke up on the right side of the grass, so life is good. Can't ask for much more than that. So I, I, that needs to be on a T-shirt. I don't know what we need to do to make that happen, but I would wear that T-shirt in a heartbeat. I'll, I'll get you one. <laughs> uh, so as I mentioned, we're here to talk about uh, the film Savage that you guys were a part of. And uh, Javen, I wanted to ask you uh, what what led to the creation of this film? Because we were talking uh, before we started recording that it's been a, a long process as films typically are even short films you know can be a, a pretty monumental undertaking so what led to the idea of savage man it's been i'd say it's almost two years now since we started uh talking about this project or they really started working on it the it's funny the original like image that i got before there was a a savage per se before there was an idea of a movie was literally the ranger's silhouette i had this idea of like an evil version of the man in yellow from curious george and i just really wanted to create that image and so i had that in mind and i had, i had texted steve about doing just like a photo shoot you know nothing really complex just a cool interesting photo shoot and then um i was working with a buddy of mine and don and me were just you know texting back and forth and she was talking about how she really wanted to make another feature film and, you know, and I was wanting to make another one as well. We really had that itch, you know, we really wanted to just dive back in in the creative space and make another feature. And I text her, I was like, Hey, it just kind of hit me. And I was like, I had this idea um, of you being sort of like traditional action heroine going up against like a very, you know, uh, 
kind of mustache twirling villain and i was like the I, the name will be savage and it'll take mostly place you know in the woods and it'll be just a story of survival and like watching people divulge into their savage nature and so that was really where the idea kind of came from it was very quick the initial like thoughts and then i took that idea of the of the evil man in yellow made him a ranger a park ranger and like threw him in there and then the kind of story grew from that and changed there were a couple different drafts but yeah that was the initial thought process and don what was your reaction when javen told you this idea heck yes (laughs) i just knew that i wanted to you know create another thing and let's make something happen and when i told him that he threw that at me like he said it was just a quick idea that dropped into him and i was like yeah that sounds good you had javen had mentioned that you guys had worked on a feature film before what was it about wanting to do a feature again as opposed to possibly doing another short well for me, it wasn't necessarily um because of the feature we had done before it was just it was it was time to make something happen my heart is just this area we have everything we need from talent to crew to locations i don't see why not so that that was that was it i just wanted to make something happen and um a feature is what it was steve what what was your reaction whenever you know javen came up with this this idea for a feature film what how did you feel about being involved with it well, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you, anytime that my phone rings and I see Javen's name pop up, I um, <laughs> try to run real fast. <laughs> but this time I, I answered his uh, text. And I'll, I'll tell you, when he told me the idea, it, was, it kind of turned my childhood upside down because the man in yellow from Curious George is... Uh, you know, anything but evil. And so that really, it took me a while to grasp with that. Um, but I finally come to terms with it. And I thought it was a really cool idea. Um, in, in all honesty, any opportunity that I get to work with Jay or Don uh, is just a, it's a gold star in my book. And, you know, especially with this, without, without any uh, spoiler alerts, I'll say that uh, me, on have we've had our rounds in the past uh, so i was all for it but it was a great idea you know the two of them when they come together it's there's really no stopping them and i think i think this time is i saw in dawn the most drive that i've ever seen in her and that says a lot so Uh, javen kind of to circle back about the the feature idea did you have in mind like from the get-go this was going to be a feature film yeah without question this was going to be a feature film because like in between our first feature and now me and don made i want to say three short films together so it's like it we never stopped working together we were always creating and always you know collaborating on something but it was just that point where i feel like with short films people people just don't pay as much attention to them as they do a feature film and that's kind of that's the space where I want to live is in feature film. And so I've made, I'd say five short films since my first feature film. And so it was like, it's time, like I'm ready to do this. Like, and she talked about, Hey, I may be able to, you know, get together an actual budget for this one. And I was like, I'm down. If we can do it, let's make it happen. Like I'll write the script. And I had written um, three feature films previously in between my first and this one. So I had a little bit more under my belt, I felt, in trying to, in understanding how to structure. And it was just like, it felt like, all right, this is the leap. It's time to do it again and do it better this time, you know? Well, that's a great thing to take away too, from whether it's a, a short or a feature. Once you do it, you'll have a better idea and understanding of what to do and what not to do for the next one. And I, I, I commend the three of you and everyone else that were involved with it, because when I did my short back during the summer, we, we did two days and then we had to come back and add a third, you know, a month later. But that Monday when I had to go back to work, I felt like a zombie. 
because <laughs> I've just put so much into it, had so many long, you know, long days of prepping. Both shooting days were long. And then I just remember sitting at my desk Monday, just like, uh, like I was completely useless for the day. So uh, how long did it take for you guys to to shoot the film? I want to say the original, uh, the original schedule was we were hoping for 14 days or 15 and it grew into in total 20 days and so we realized quickly you know just the pace that you move is you slow down on set our first day was 16 hours like and it was just like oh you're exhausted by the end of that and I totally understand this is the first project I have because we slept at the cabin as well or at least most of the crew did and uh, I was waking up with panic attacks and like the crew actually kind of laughed because I took a nap one day. We were, we had a long break. I took a nap and they came in and asked me something. I woke up and I was like, yeah, let's go, man. Blah, blah, blah. I just <laughs> immediately went into it. And, you know, then I actually woke up as I came down the stairs, but yeah, it's uh, it, it grew over time, but it was, it's one of those things, you know, and you, you know, from your short film is that you realize like, hey, this needs, it deserves more. It needs more time to incubate. It needs more time to grow. And that's exactly what we ran into. And we were also really afforded the opportunity to do reshoots to some extent, not extensive reshoots, but what we needed. And, you know, the film kind of like it, it earns it, it deserves it, it deserves our attention. And, you know, you don't go in with that plan in mind, but ultimately it just happens along the way. And I think it's all the better for it. No, I totally agree. Uh, Don, Javen had mentioned the budget. So talk to me a little bit about the the producing side of things, because, you know, I've again produced shorts, but I know a feature is a whole different animal. When you come up with budget, you'll have bigger cast, potentially bigger crew. Uh, talk to me about that kind of process. Um, I probably did the process all wrong. Um, but... there, there's, no, there's really no wrong way to do it. I mean, you got to find <laughs> your own way. But yeah, we made it happen and that's what matters. Um, I really don't know what to say. With people, I just shared my heart for the project and finding finding the finances is the hardest part for me just because that's not a comfortable situation. So it got me outside of my comfort zone, but nothing great comes from inside of a comfort zone. So it was definitely stepping out of the box that way. I love the administration side, just you know, making sure everybody's there, filing, casting, everything, keeping track of numbers. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but no, no, answer. you did. <laughs> well, and and it's true. And you said that you you shared your heart with the project. And I think I've never had to get in front of a group of people and ask for money. I've had to ask for help, but I I think it it goes beyond just finances. I think it goes with cast and crew as well. If you're truly passionate about a project people will be able to feel it if you're 100%. if yes. you're pitching it and that's what's great about this community is that there are very talented people and when they're just as invested in it as you are there's really nothing more gratifying absolutely i completely agree and uh steve i wanted to ask you from from an actor standpoint because javen had mentioned that shooting was around 20 days and some of the days were quite long how, how do how do actors because i've never acted in front of a camera before how do actors deal with longer type days if you know say like a scene is taking you know longer than expected or is the day is just long there's a lot to do how do you as an actor still stay in like stay in character or stay in your zone I do a lot of things that I would not repeat on this show. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it, you know, you ask a very good question and it, it does get a little tough. Um, however, you know, me, myself, I just, I can think of several times where we were shooting a scene and there was some, you know, issues with tech or, um, whatever the reasons were it prolonged the scene and when times like that occur i personally just make it a point to try to stay here um by going over lines or just walking off a little bit you know doing my character thing otherwise i feel like you have a breakdown um and then you lose you lose touch film itself um 
but in, in short, just to answer your question, it's uh, it's not always easy, but I think when the the want and the desire is there, then I really don't think it's an issue. But there were there was some long days. I will say that. And uh, Javen, I'd like to ask you as as a fellow director, you know, the director is the one who makes, you know, the ultimate decisions. Everybody kind of looks to the director for advice, answer questions, wherever the case may be. How do you as a director deal with long days? Because, you know, you, you hear stories in Hollywood about, you know, people blowing up on sets and it ultimately causes a trickle down effect. It affects the cast. It affects the crew. So how, how do you mentally stay in in your zone for for long days well i'll tell you what i started we started filming and i had hair my hair was long <laughs> and luscious it is gone now um it is it's incredibly difficult one thing a very practical advice or one very practical thing is stay hydrated because i realized because i you know i didn't i sat down but i didn't sit down much now you're mostly running and talking and answering everyone's questions and telling them what to do next and just keeping that eye on what's about to happen. And I realized like I was getting very dehydrated at night and my legs were just locking up. So Don got some uh, liquid IVs and stuff and I was pouring those into my water and every morning, every afternoon, you just got to stay hydrated and keep on going. Um, it's, I mean, you just try and have, you have to have a strong vision and just hold on to that vision and understand where compromises need to be made you know um and it's it's interesting i was talking with my composer the other day and he was telling me about when i was describing i kind of i wanted to go a different direction with the scene and the music and um he was like you know you wouldn't just flat out and tell me no you don't like it and stuff and i was like well to me that's not good enough if you're if you're a leader and you're leading a film you need to understand the why so just telling someone no to me isn't good enough for them because they're bringing you an idea. They're investing, like you said, into into the project, into your thing. You know, it becomes our thing. So it, I always try and know the why behind what we're doing and just hold on to that why and carry it through to the end. Because ultimately you're you're the the view of the audience. You are the audience on set and trying to see it how they would see it. And um yeah, just hold on to that why and stay hydrated, man. That's the all, only thing you can do and just ride the wave. What happens that what's supposed to happen will happen eventually, you know. I'm I'm very firm believer in that. No, I totally agree. And and the the concessions can always, you know, be tough, but as the director, you know, it, it is something that you do have to keep in mind and if, you know, the situation calls for it, then it very well could happen, but like you said, you just have a clear vision and you you try and see it through to to the best of your and, and everyone's ability. Um, Don, same question, because in addition to producing, you were also acting. So how is it for you, especially on those long days where you're, you know, you're kind of on both sides of the camera. So how, how was that experience for you? There was a lot to learn. Um, this whole process, I think Dave and I, every step we take, we realize we need to learn two more things. <laughs> um, and I would say that was probably the toughest part, like physically drained, I can handle, um, but it's the mental draining that's a little harder to get over. And just finding that there's a, there's a place you can go to as an actor to find peace. There's a place you can go to find strength or whatever it is that you need. And so basically just implementing those same techniques and workshop things into your, your daily life while you're on set. Um, but also the people around you made a huge difference. I mean, if there was any moment where I was like, Oh, there was Jave in there. I'm like, all right, bud, you good. Or Steve cracking a joke. <laughs> He's our on-set gesture. <laughs> Absolutely love It's an important it. job. Very <laughs> important job. Um, and like Javen said, we were very fortunate with the team and crew and cast that we had. We knew everybody that we were able to hire. And that really made this film and this set the experience that it was. What uh, what locations did you guys use? Because I, I, I got to see the trailer. And uh, what I liked about it was it it definitely has a horror feel to it, 
but I also like the fact that it was in black and white and it had these very harsh shadows and almost gave it almost like a dark storybook kind of feel to it, which I thought was really cool. So I, I'm curious where where did you guys uh, where did you guys shoot the film? We shot it mostly in two locations. One, uh, we were very fortunate. Jerry, um, the owner of the cabin in which we filmed, we met him on Airbnb, and we took our business off of Airbnb very quickly just for contracts and everything. But he was he was totally game, and the property was amazing. It's mostly all wood in there, so it really catches light very well. It's very light colored wood. And so he opened it up and he actually went the extra you know, further mile and opened up his garage it was a, a three car garage. And we were allowed to store equipment in there and everything, which typically isn't what he does. And he actually took off and took a vacation. It was like the whole thing's yours. And, and then we have a, another very good friend, Belinda, who allowed us to film on her property. She has 113, 115 acres and 135, 135 acres. And we filmed a lot of the bulk of the wood scenes there. Um, but yeah, the the decision to go black and white was it came from me because you, just on a lower budget, you got to control color. And so that was something that I kind of saw would be a problem is controlling color. And I, I love black and white. I think black and white is very interesting. And like you said, the harsh shadows and everything, that was a very intentional choice. I'm glad you you saw that and got that from it because... I like very sharp and very dark images contrasting with very light images. And so that was, that was our goal. And we kind of married ourselves to that, to our either detriment or benefit. I don't know, because we have come to find out that black and white films don't sell as well, but you know, <laughs> we're, we're tackling it as we go, but it was, a, it was a choice and I loved it. And I feel like on set, the crew really started to see it because we had our monitors in black and white too on set. And so, everyone's kind of looking at it. I was like, wow, it really has a very distinct visual element to it. And I was actually able to put together a little bit of a reel during filming in a, in a break. And I showed it to the cast and crew at, on set. And I was like, this is what you're working on. And everybody, I feel like that really showed everybody what we were doing and really lifted some, alleviated whatever questions there might've been. So yeah, that was, it, it was fun. Yeah. Something that I'm I'm always curious about when it comes to the making of a film, there's always, well, I don't say always, but more often than not, there's, whether it's a funny story or something that, you know, stands out as like a distinct memory. So Steve, we'll start with you. Do you have any type of like incident or story that's funny or stands out from you when it comes to Savage? Uh, do I have it? <laughs> <laughs> Again, um, I can't repeat them. Um, you know, I, I going back to going back to the long days when we were discussing that. There was a scene that uh, Don, Ty Smith, Eddie Wells, um, then of course Javen and all the, uh, the rest of the awesome crew that they were shooting on Belinda's property and. I was unfortunately stuck in the in the little house where there was air conditioning and water and you know I got to sit down um but I remember they were gone for several hours and they came back and they were just literally stoked it was so hot outside and I felt so bad for them and Ty and Don were telling me how they were doing nothing but running and I that that I never had to experience that um on the set I think the hardest thing that I had to experience physically was and I can thank Javen for this but I was and I'm not trying to be funny you know all jokes aside I was on my knees for an extremely long period of time and it hurt so bad so um i got a lot of stories that i'll take away from the film that i think were awesome um far too many to mention, but just being around this crew in general you know was always it's always a great experience i i love to hear that i love hearing about great cast and crews they, they just make the experience so much better Javen, what about you? 
Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I know what Don's story is going to be, and it involves a pair of pants. But I'll, it can be your story too. No, I, I have a separate <laughs> one. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, every day is a blast, really. Like I I actually uh, got to work with who now has become a really good uh, close friend of mine, Chris Vargas, on this set, and just joking with him um, is great. We have very similar upbringings. We're both. Uh, you know, American Latinos raised by very Latino parents and we're just joking with him every day. I'll always remember that that stuff, but I try and keep it light. But I know just off the top of my head, Eddie Wells is an unsung hero for this project. He, uh, he's, a- he's an absolute beast. He was our fight choreographer. He was our stuntman. He was Steve's stuntman. And um it was his, the day we came back to uh, continue the fight scenes, it was his 60th birthday. And he's there getting thrown around and just loving it, not complaining. But I remember um, him and Don are getting very physical, getting very close. And, you know, when, you know, the, the intensity is high and everything, sometimes just mistakes happen. Um, Don ended up uh, hitting him in the side of the head three times on his 60th birthday on accident uh during several takes and i just remember looking at him and just being like buddy are you okay like we can take a break he's like no yeah i want to get in there i want to do more and eddie wells man like i love him um he's a he's a great friend now i'm glad to have been able to work with him but he he kind of is my favorite memory and just watching him because this was also like He's never really done these kinds of things before. He's an instructor for a, a Krav Maga training facility. And he, seeing it through his eyes and seeing his excitement and just coming to set every day and looking at this world that he's, you know, completely fascinated by was, it was just a, a, a you know, a, a just a shot of energy that I needed because like you said, with the long days and it being stressful, seeing someone who's excited and seeing their energy like a little kid, like really, really just made my day every time. Well, especially someone who's and, and I want to say 60s old, but older being thrown around like that and just getting into getting into the project and being that excited. Like it, if I was even just a PA, that would fire me up like crazy if I were exactly. watching that happen exactly he he took it like a champ man and like i mean with fight scenes too like i really realized in this that you have to dedicate so much time to that because there's one there's the choreography and then there's the angles and then there's just getting it right and his ability to just continue doing them over and over and and afterwards he actually went and got his uh, shoulder replacement done and is like back at it again and i'm just like buddy like i don't i don't know how he does it he's a He's a piece of iron. He's not a man. And like, but his, his energy and just his spirit is that, I mean, that's why he has the abilities that he has is he's just such a pure guy. Had he done any fight choreography for a film before, before this? Yeah, we, we, uh, we broke him in. Um, We did a short film with Don and Don wanted to show her ability to do fights and do those more intense scenes and he actually uh, stepped up and fight choreographed, I think all of the fight, him and another gentleman. And, uh, but he also did the stunts in that scene and that's where me and him met and got to know each other a little bit. And he really just, uh, he blew that out of the park too. You can, you can look at that one on my YouTube channel. He's in a nice little mask and a cool little suit. And he thought he just had a ball, but it's funny because I met him there and then he ended up doing a music video for us as well. He did the fight choreography for music video and he was in it. But on that, on that music video set, I actually got to see him and Steve standing side by side. And I was like, man, they look so much alike. I was like, man, you know, Eddie could really be Steve's stunt double for this. And like it, you know, we, we went that direction, but then on set, when they're in costume, people were like, Oh, uh, Steve, I mean, Eddie, uh, Eddie, I mean, Steve. And, they were naturally getting the two of them confused. Those two are twins, man. Yeah. You don't find that very often, like someone that's that similar to be a stunt double. Not so at that's, all. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, while we wait on uh, Dawn to get back, because I'd be curious to get her take on funny, funny stories or funny incidents that happened. Um, Steve, we'll start with you. What What's next for you? Do you have any other um, projects or anything in the works that you want to talk about? 
No, honestly, I'm just kind of taking it as it comes right now, um, because of because of you know I um, I'm not going to say I'm limited on what I can do, but my full time job takes a lot of time. Um, so if anything comes my way, or if I have the opportunity to do something, absolutely, I jump on it. But I will tell you this, in, in five years, when I retire from my full-time job, I'm really going to hit the ground running and, you know, try to really get involved in some things because it is a passion and um, it's just, it's always been something for me, um, always been something that I dearly love. And again, when you're surrounded by people like Don and Javen and, you know, Ty and Eddie and Chris and, you know, everybody else, it, uh, it just makes it so much sweeter you know um so I, i'll take it as it comes and in five years then we'll see what really happens well i know we've we've hit on it a couple of times but it, it is really important to have those connections and you know they, even if you have a single group that you work with it, it's important to have that and it, it's what i tell people about the film community we have here is that there's so many talented people from acting to directing, writing, cinematography. You yep. know, it's just, just, you know, getting yourself out there and finding those connections. Absolutely. Uh, Javen, what about you? Uh, for what's next? Um, man, I have a couple of different things in the pipeline. Um, again, it, it only takes money. Um, but uh, me and a good buddy of mine are hoping to produce a couple of projects um, within the next couple of years. I'm, I'm working on a couple of different scripts right now, uh, one for a TV show, one for uh, a film. And ideas for me never cease to come. So it's something that I'm, uh, I guess, blessed with in a weird way. I wake up and I have an idea for something that I want to make happen. But yeah, it's just... Um, like Steve said, it's kind of like taking it as it comes. Uh, I, I produce a couple of commercials and stuff like that uh, throughout the year. So I always have that kind of going on. But uh, feature films is where I want to live. And this is the next step. You know, this one for me, uh, you know, I always kind of had, um, I guess, uh, what's the term for it? You know, uh, imposter syndrome when calling myself a filmmaker. It wasn't something I was ever really comfortable saying. And I always knew, even from a teenager, from a, since I was 12 years old, I knew I wanted to make movies. And, um, but I was told by a buddy of mine who worked with Steven Spielberg that, uh, you know, you can't take meetings in Hollywood until you've made two feature films. Like no one's going to give you that time. If you're coming out of nowhere, you don't have any established contacts. And so this is my second feature film. And after I completed this, I was like, I'm a filmmaker. Like I can own this now. Like I, I don't feel like an imposter syndrome anymore. You know, I, I, this is what I do and this is what I do full time. And so right now I, I kind of want to, take a break and sit back and enjoy that feeling a little bit and like watch this thing with an audience because it's mostly just been me and my composer and Don and a couple of the cast and crew have been able to see kind of what we've been doing. And, and just to give you an idea, the, the assembly cut for this thing was two and a half hours. And oh, now, wow. yeah, now we're at 90, 98 minutes. So we've cut an hour out of the film and that's just been an ongoing process. We've been in editing since the summer, this summer. And so I think it's been about six months of editing with the reshoots happening and some additional photography that needed to take place. So it's been a long journey and I'm kind of, I'm very excited and I'm very, my my spirits are getting better because when you go through it, it, I mean, it's like you're in the trenches just trying to get things done, but I'm very excited to finally be able to wake up and not have something that I absolutely have to work on and, and meet a deadline to, you know, it's, it's funny. I, Steve doesn't know this yet, but you'll see it when, at the premiere, but I was 273 when we shot this and I am 244 right now. So I've almost lost 30 pounds throughout the course of this uh, post-production but um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a process, man. I'm I'm excited. The future is a little bit of rest. 
Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Which, uh, speaking of that, we'll we'll just dive right into it. Uh, the premiere, yeah. as I mentioned at the top, is uh, a week from today, February thirteenth, at the Sanger Theater. Which I can't think of a better place, you know, to have it when you think of like some of the iconic buildings in Pensacola. Sanger Theater is one of the first that I think of. So, first of all, congrats on landing that spot because that's that's big. That's really big. So, uh, how Steve, we'll start with you. How, how are you feeling about you know, the premiere? Are you excited to see it in front of an audience? I am. I'm very excited. I'll, I'll say that going back to the conversation about the, the film being shot in black and white, I was one of those that when Javen told me it was in black and white, I was kind of skeptical, um, you know, because I, I believe he said it, you know, black and white just doesn't seem like it sells. However, you know, after he showed us some things and, you know, he talked to me about it, it really made sense. And I think it really fits now. Um, so as far as the premiere, yes. Other than that, I think, well, I still, I think it's going to be awesome. And I am very excited about it. And I applaud Don and Javen and whoever else had a foothold in it that landed that spot because it is a big deal. Like you said, it's just you hear the term singer theater and it's iconic and to be associated with that. Yeah. I feel very privileged and honored. So I am looking forward to it a lot. What about you, Javen? Man, I, I'm a little nervous uh, because <laughs> I mean, I remember as a kid going to the Sanger and like, you know, uh, for, for field trips and watching plays there and always, it, I just got chills thinking about it, man. Like, always having this sense of like i'm entering another world i'm entering a place just full of imagination and full of of mystery and wonder and uh you know you see the haze in the air when you walk in as a kid and there's just this there's this atmosphere there that's interesting and like i've worked in broadway theater now and it's you know like you we talk about the spirits of the theater and everything like that and that's why they leave a light on on the stage and there's just a whole atmosphere that's incredibly interesting with theaters. And, you know, when Don, this was Don's idea, I would give her full credit for the Sanger Theater. This was something that she wanted and she wanted to pursue and she ultimately was able to secure. And me, I was like, you know, I'm thinking my headspace is let's just go to a small theater somewhere we're in, you know, no, we're not going to bother anybody. We're just going to be in the dark. And cause that's my nature is just to go somewhere and hide, be behind the camera, not be seen. And Don, you know, she wanted to go all, go all out. And she, she was like, no, I, I want the Sanger and like, I'm going to go after it. And, and we got it. And she started sending me videos from walkthroughs and stuff that she was doing. And I was just like, man, I, I don't, I don't know. And then finally one day I, it just hit me. It was like, get get out of your own way and don't fight, you know, don't fight this and let it happen. And I started really thinking about it. I was like, you know what? Yeah, the Sanger is really cool. Like, that's not your typical venue to watch a movie. You know, it's like there's a full presentation to it. And with the black and white as well, like I love old movies. I love Abbott Costello. I love old Hammer Horror films. Like black and white is just something that speaks to me. And I actually wanted to shoot in four by three, but that idea was not, not, did not make it. Um, unfortunately, couldn't go full old school. Exactly. Couldn't go full. <laughs> there was a little bit in there, um, but not, not, we didn't do the entire film in four by three, but so for it to be presented at the Sanger in an old school, like theater, and it's an old school movie in spirit. And to, you know, see those red curtains when they open and everything like that. It's just gonna, I know I'm getting, I'm still getting chills just thinking about it. It's gonna be, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like, a, it's like a warm blanket. It's like going home to me a little bit. It's uh, revisiting those old childhood memories. Cause I don't think I've been in the Sanger for, for years, but I have distinct memories of the architecture and the, the art and everything like that. And I'm really curious to, to see how it's, how it's aged and how it's held up. And I used to work on Palafox and would walk past there every, every day to go to lunch. And so it's definitely something that I, I care about and cherish and the opportunity to do that there. I'm, I'm, I feel really privileged and I feel 
it's it's awesome that that Don was able to secure this, and I'm eternally grateful to her for being able to do it and do it in style the way that she does things. Well, it's one of those things, you know. It's it's a feature film, so I feel like you you got to do it big because and I could tell the amount of time and work that you all have put into the project, and I have those same memories of going to the Sanger for field trips, you know, when when I was a kid. And I, I remember going there to film the um, the costume contest for Pensacon a couple of years ago. And it's that same feeling that you're talking about where it's almost like you're stepping into another time because of the architecture and the unique look of it. You know, it's like it might be, you know, at the time it was, you know, 2018, 2019. But when you step in, it's like it could be the 40s, it could be the 60s. Right or it could be modern. Like it just has that, that timeless feel to it. So I I'm excited for you guys. I, I think that's, it's an incredible accomplishment, you know, just to make a film is a, an accomplishment enough, but getting to play it in the Sanger theater is a, a huge accomplishment. And I couldn't be happier for all of you. No, I, I appreciate it, man. Like it, it really means a lot to us. And I, the, again, the imposter syndrome sneaks back in a little bit and I kind of go, well, I, I hope I don't let anybody down, you know, with, with the work I've done in post-production. Um, so yeah, I, I it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays and, and to be in the atmosphere. And yeah, like you said, walking back in time with that is a, is going to be an experience and, you know, um, Stanley Kubrick actually said something of, along the lines of the audience giving themselves over to the film. And, you know, that's kind of your job as the audience member is to allow the film to consume you, allow the film to take you on a journey. And I really hope in this atmosphere that will be so much easier, you know. For sure. So, Don, now that you're back, uh, I'd love to get your take on, you know, I was talking with Javen and Steve earlier about the funniest or most memorable experience you had on set of Savage. So uh, what what would be yours? We were filming one of our final fight scenes and um, I was working with Eddie, who you are all familiar with now. And we are very familiar with close quarters and being on each other and flipping and kicking and all this stuff. And we're doing this part where he's flipping me over his shoulder and we have to do it multiple times, um, just straight onto the ground, just flipping me over and over again. And we get a really good flip and I land and I'm about to get up and I hear a whomp. Yeah, my pants ripped right down the center, down my thigh. Um, we didn't have another pair. We tried duct tape. It didn't work, it kept flying off. So fortunately our makeup artist had a pair of black leggings I could put on underneath. So I didn't have my white thighs and butt cheek like flashing the camera. So, <laughs> so you guys also dispelled the myth that duct tape fixes everything. Exactly. True, we sure did. We are myth, <laughs> myth busters. Uh, myth busters, savage edition. Duct tape yeah. does not in fact fix everything. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> something else that we were talking about um was the the premiere next week and javen was saying that you were the reason why you guys are showing the film at the sanger and we were talking about how big of a deal that is because of you know when you think of iconic pensacola locations to me sanger theater is near the top of the list so how yeah. did you secure that location because that's a huge deal it it really is and it's it was a little scary at first um but thinking about the venue we wanted none of the locations i thought would be large enough we'd have to do multiple showings or more than one theater at a time and i really wanted everybody together as a whole collective to experience this because again it's about our this is about this area and our community and in my heart i wanted the singer and so i was talking with one of our investors just going over what um well, we are, where we were at and the next steps we were taking for the premiere and, and one of them said, well, what about the singer? I said, well, you know, that would be awesome, but I'm not sure how much it is. And they were like, well, we'll sponsor this much of it if it's this much. So I went and um, I got a quote and it was very close. So we were able to secure that and I took care of the rest. And um, yeah, the rest is history. It's It's scary and exciting all at the same time. But I really wanted to do this for 
everybody, again, Javen is ready to share this with the world and so are we. And I wanted the event premiering this to be as good as the film. And um, so this is my gift to our cast and crew, my gift to Javen, my gift to everybody coming uh, because I wanted it to be as big as it can be. It's gonna be a blast and this film is gonna be amazing just like everybody involved. She has given a, a lot, a lot. <laughs> I was about to say that that's a pretty amazing gift. That's like yeah. birthday, Christmas times two all rolled into one. All of it. She's covered us for the rest of our lives. That, she, that's she awesome. Definitely, <laughs> she's the cheerleader we, we need for sure, man. Yeah. And, hey, Derek, if I could piggyback on that real quick. Yeah. yeah. Just a. So Don asked me, we were getting towards the end of uh, shooting. And I remember she asked me how I felt everything was on set, how the set was going, you know, anything from, you know, uh, I mean, administrative, everything. And I told her this, and I, I, I want to let you know, but I told her that it was probably, I think, without a doubt, the most smooth set I've ever been on. And... I've been on some, you know, bigger projects, uh, you know, television series. Um, you know, like I said, I was in a B uh, role movie. Um, and this set, Savage ran so much more smoother than these other sets did. So, again, I tip my hat to Javen and Don. I know they spearheaded this. Um, but to everyone involved. So I just wanted to throw that out there. That's fantastic. No, it's, it's like I was saying earlier, you know, it's when you have from the top down a cast and crew that are invested in the project and they want it to be as good as it can be, there's no better feeling. It's almost impossible to fail in my yeah. personal opinion. True. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's a it's an invaluable thing. Money can't buy that is is belief and and people that are on your side. You know, if you can throw, you can get the most expensive cinematographer and gaffers and stuff, but if they don't want to be there, it doesn't matter. You know, and that's really the the key for us. And I, you know, me and Don have said it, and I've heard Steve say it too. It's like to us, this isn't this isn't just a project. This isn't just a, a group of, you know, uh, specialists or um, you know, people that are in their field. This is really a family. And ever since we started working together and, and you know, Steve came on, on board in our first feature film. And ever since then, it really has felt like a family, you know, we make fun of each other like a family does, you know, <laughs> some of us fight like family members do. And, but at the end of the day, I think one thing that we all we all kind of collectively sync up on is that we want the project to be the best it can be. And we all, I feel kind of push, push our egos out of the equation and leave them at the door and we come on and it's just about, okay, what can I do to make this the best it can be? And, the you know and ultimately what is the the thing that will benefit the project the most and i there's definitely a kindred spirit that i feel working with these guys and and i must say steve wasn't just in any b movie he was in the atlantic <laughs> rim and yes. he will not gloss over that fact <laughs> so, i i was roasted by the staff of mystery science theater 3000 so my life has been lived. <laughs> <laughs> that exactly. that's like I could retire off of that. If you if you <laughs> you've made it if you get made fun of by Mystery Science Theater uh, three thousand. That's, that's right. <laughs> so uh, where where can people uh, buy tickets to for the premiere of Savage? They can buy it at the Sangers um, website. Also, um, what is it? SavageRedCarpet.com. Is that what? that web is okay. yeah uh there's a link on there make sure that they're actually going through the actual singer or Ticketmaster, not third parties because there's so many like hiking up the prices um but yeah 
scalpers came for us and uh taylor swift man we're on that we're on that level you know yeah, yeah we're just when you get this big you know people are just trying to trying to take everything you got you know what i'm saying right oh i also wanted to say that anybody listening to this purchasing their tickets after there's a discount we're going to give you all caps friends and the number 20 after it's no space friends 20 fantastic an exclusive announcement here on the show i love yes. it awesome well guys thank you so much for uh, taking the time to to you know, do the show and chat about your film um i was telling uh these guys here i'm gonna try my best to make it to the premiere uh if i do i will uh make it a point to say hi to you all but if i awesome. if i can't hopefully it goes well and thank you again for taking the time oh it'll well, go thank well you for having us we really <laughs> appreciate you. it man Thanks again to Javen, Don, and Steve for taking the time to come on the show to talk about Savage. Be sure to get your tickets now for the premiere, which will be next Monday, February 13th at the Sanger Theater. One thing I forgot to mention in the intro, uh, I mentioned at the top of the interview that Don was a returning guest on the show. And it's interesting because the show has been going on for so long that the interviews can kind of blend together and then it, it seems like, you know, the interviews that you did years ago seemed like they didn't really happen that long ago. I went back and looked in the archives and she appeared on this show in April of 2016. And I was just thinking about how much different my life was at that time. But it is crazy that, you know, that, that time can go by so fast. And here we are at almost 350 episodes. It's crazy. But I, I thought that was a really cool thing. So it was really neat to talk to them hopefully to get them back on the show to talk about future projects that they're working on. For next week's show, we are finally having screenwriter and screenwriting instructor Daniel Carey on the show. Uh, we've had some issues. Uh, well, I won't say we. I've had issues with me getting sick a few weeks ago, having technical issues that we've had to push back the interview. Well, it's finally going to happen. It'll air next Monday at normal time. If you want to subscribe to the show, if you want to follow the show on social media, just head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. It's where you can find all the information. You can find the YouTube page. Everything's there. Linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. That's going to do it for this week's show. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. And we'll see you guys back here next Monday. <laughs>